First uh, John chapter three, starting at verse ten, you will find these words. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. I want to talk to you today from the thought, the love imperative. The love imperative. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. <clears throat> By now in the life of this beloved apostle John, he is old now. He's been around a long time and he's seen a lot of things. He knows that his night is far spent and his day is at hand. He knows that he has had opportunities to work the works while it was yet day, and his night is coming. The, the elder John at this point is talking to the dear little children, the dear little children of the diaspora, all of those who have been spread believers throughout the world. He's writing this epistle to the believers, amen. Because John is at a point in his life that he's got no time for sugarcoating. He has no time to be concerned with what we call the gray area. John is down to black and white. Life and death. Evil and righteous. He's not pulling any punches. He's not trying to get any favors except a favor from the Lord. John, by this time, is ready to meet his master. It has been said that you're not ready to live until you are prepared to die. John is that person. He's prepared to die now. Amen. Because he is now living in the Lord. And this is a lesson for us as well. We have to start to get our minds wrapped around death. Because you haven't started living until you're ready to die. You're ready to leave this place and go to your eternal home. Knowing your business is right with the Lord. 
But John, the, the elder, the elder statesman, if you will, the, the elder man of God, he is concerned about the children. Not just any children, but the children of God. If you look at the text, he says, in this children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. There is one key subject, there is one key theme, there is one key action, there is one key commandment that makes the difference between the children of God and the children of the devil. And the Apostle John says, in this, in this right here, what I'm going to talk to you about, in this, there's the difference between whether you are right or wrong, whether you are saved or sinner. The text says, uh, whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor is he which does not love his brother. John is, is concerned about the believers and about how they treat one another. John has been around a while and been many places where those who have professed to be children of God. They have professed to be believers and followers of God. But John has been seeing something that has disturbed him amongst the people and it's the lack of love for one another. He has seen where the children of God have backbited one another, have slandered one another's name, have even cause destruction to one another's houses and to one another's relationships. Amen. And just maybe, just maybe he's seen one brother put another brother to death. John is concerned because uh, he doesn't want us to be deceived about what position we hold in Christ based on the way that we act and the way that we relate to one another. He's saying that God is not giving any passes where you have a license to sin. Amen. You don't have a license to mistreat one another just because you gave the preacher your hand and God your heart. Because the reality here is these are the things that prove whether or not your heart is really with God or not. Actions always speak louder than words. It's easy to say, I love you, sister. I love you, brother. But how do you treat one another? Is there any time when you're willing to sacrifice for one another? Or is it just me and mine and my four and no more? What about your brother? Who is your brother? Well, in this text, amen, someone would say that it is the neighbor. Uh, but, but in this context, I contend with you, no, it is your brother in Christ. John is concerned about the assembly of the believers. He's concerned about how they represent themselves unto the world. He's concerned about whether or not they're living hypocritically in the world, saying they're loving God but hating their brother. He says, no, you can't do both of them. They are not mutually exclusive. You got to do them together. Amen. And he looks and he says, if you're going to do righteousness, if you're going to be righteous, amen, you've got to love your brother. 
And the kind of love that he's talking about is not the kind of wishy-washy love that says, well, as long as you're doing right by me, then I'll do right by you. No, the world has that kind of love. They have conditional love. No, this love is the love that's called the agape love. The love that can love those who are unlovable. See, sometimes your brother or sister is going to do something that will hurt you, whether they meant to do it or whether it was on accident. And in those times when your heart is hurting, you still got to love them. You can't now because they have said something or done something to hurt you. Now you see them on the side of the road on 435 and you just drive right on past them. Amen. Because they've done something to you. No, you are obligated by and responsible as a believer to stop and to seek the well-being of your brother. Regardless of if that person has hurt you or not, it is your responsibility to love one another. You have not loved until you have sacrificed. You've not loved until you have put in some sweat equity and you have hurt a little bit in order to love somebody else. You haven't loved somebody until it was time for you to do something for yourself and you did it for somebody else and it caused you some discomfort over here for the comfort of somebody over there. Amen, somebody. Parents in the house, you know there's times when you're loving your children that you have to do without so that they can have. That's love. There is no love without sacrifice. There are going to be times, man, women and men in this house, amen, that we are going to be offended. But it is in those times when we show the light of God. When we show that we can still love one another, we can still do right about one another, even though we have been done wrong. Paul the Apostle said in the sixth chapter of 1 Corinthians, he said, would you not be right, wronged for the right? He says, would you not be wronged, but yet you still continue as if you've been righted for the unity of the faith in the body of Christ? So that we continue to represent God the way he needs to be represented in the world. But if you don't have this, you're no better than the rank sinner, the devil that's ready to kill you on the next corner. You're no better because it is manifest in this, that you love one another. If you can't love one another, you're no better than the devil. Amen. You are a child of God or a child of the devil. You choose. Amen. The text goes on to say, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning. He says, this is not a new message. This is a message you've been hearing from the very beginning. When you first started hearing about the Christ, you start to hear about love. The most popular text in the entire Bible, amen, is John 3.16. In the Gospel of John 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that the whosoevers that would believe on him should not perish, but have ever lasting life. This is no new message, saints of God. It's been from the beginning. 
God has made it so that the love and the sacrifice that is necessary for every believer was exemplified through the love that the Father had for the Son and the Son had for the creation. Amen. The Father loved so much that he gave. His Son gave his life for us because he loved us just that much. Romans 5 and 8 says, for God demonstrated his love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, while we didn't care nothing about God, while we slandered his name, while we talked about his people and called them fanatics and fools, them Jesus fools and fanatics, while we did all of that, and I don't want to have no part of this Jesus, he died for us. What greater love is that, amen, that one would die for those who didn't care nothing about him? It was from the very beginning. You can't get past this love. If you are going to be saved, you got to see this love. Even when the Bible says, amen, in Romans 10 and 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. By implication, you see love because Jesus died for the sins of the world. He didn't have to do it. Amen. Here's no reason why he had to, but he did it because he loved us. It was love that lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. So if love is the essential thing, if love is the uh, thing that cannot be taken out of the equation, then for us to be what God has called us to be in the body of Christ, we must love one another. Anything else this Bible is saying, amen, lends you into a, a, a pit of molten lava. Uh, look at the text. He says, but don't love like Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murder his brother. And, and why did he murder him? Because his works were evil, and his brothers were righteous. He says, don't have the kind of love that Cain had. Don't have the kind of love that's lazy, amen, and is uh, negligent and reckless and conceited, amen, and is selfish, amen, and is envious. Don't have that kind of love like Cain had. God made it clear what he wanted Cain and Abel to do as it related to an offering. Abel did what the master wanted to be done. Cain said, I'm going to do what I want to do. See, that's where the problem starts all the time. That's where the division starts. That's where the strife starts. That's where the lack of love starts when you decide that you're going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. And I believe that it ought to be done like this. If this happens, then I ought to do that. When we get I into the equation, we're already in trouble. Amen. As my mother-in-law used to say, there is no I in team. Amen. And we're supposed to be a team, y'all. We're supposed to be one body. So when I gets in there, we already got a problem. Amen. And so Cain, he didn't want to do what the Lord 
said to do so, he didn't. He, he gave God an inadequate uh, offering. Amen. God showed pleasure toward Abel and displeasure toward Cain. But instead of Cain saying, okay, Lord, forgive me for being lackluster and, and negligent in my offering. Lord, please allow me to give another offering. No, he gets mad at his brother because his brother made him look bad. Because he was all about I and not about us. He was all about watching himself. And the master was so kind and sweet to Cain. The master came to Cain and said, Cain, what's wrong with you? Why do you have this downtrodden look on your face? What's wrong with your countenance? Should, should I have not uh, 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 have shown favor and pleasure to what I required and displeasure to what I did not? He said, and he told Cain, he said, now you need to watch yourself, young man. Because you're on the edge of messing up. He said, now, I see you got eye all over yourself. And he said, sin is crouching at your door. He said, you need to be careful here, Cain. I'm looking at you, and I see how you're acting, and you're setting yourself up for failure. And he said, he said to him, but you must master it. God was telling Cain, but I'm giving you everything you need to keep from going down hell's highway. He said, I I've given you everything. You must master it. He wouldn't have told him that if he hadn't have given him what it was necessary in order to do so. But after all, Cain was in eye. So Cain didn't hear what God was saying. At another place, Cain says, am I my brother's keeper? After he has done what he's done to his brother, amen, and killed him. Because Cain never got out of himself. And unfortunately, that is what some of our believing brothers and sisters are doing today. They can't get out of self. Because they can't get out of self, they can't love one another because they can't see nobody else but themselves. Amen. Boy, that thing of selfishness and conceit, boy, that's a monster that has an insatiable appetite that wants to eat you up from the inside out. So Cain goes on and slews his brother, kills his brother, amen, but the Bible said his blood began to scream out from the ground, amen, in condemnation to what Cain had done. Cain ends up being marked by the Lord, amen, and he ends up being condemned in his life from his life on to the end because he wouldn't stop long enough to take the eye out and put in the weed. He wouldn't stop long enough to start looking and have a repentant heart toward God and say, you know what, Lord, you're right. The way I treat my brother, even though I think it's justified, I know it's wrong. Even though in me, I feel like I got all the reason in the world to mistreat my brother. I got all the reason in the world to go left when I see them instead of going right. If I go right, I got to shake their hand. But I ain't going to shake their hand because I don't like them. And so, and I'm justified in it because they didn't treat me right 20 years ago. John's not got time for that. John's saying, no, 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 that's not going to work. Amen. And especially not going to work if you end up 
killing your brother. You know, sometimes we can kill our brothers or our sisters without physically killing them. But we can kill them in the spirit. We can put our mouths on them, amen. We can say things about them that are not true. We don't have no foundation for why we've said what we've said. And now a person's heart has been broken. Sometimes it gets so serious that the person decides, that's it, I'm out of here. I ain't going to church, that that church no more. Matter of fact, I ain't going to no church, I'm going home. And they sit at home because somebody, amen, decided to put their mouth on them, amen, and to say things about them, amen, and then send them packing. But you know what's so bad about that sometimes? They never stop long enough to go say, you know, I hurt that person and I'm going to go try to make it right. No, they just keep continuing as if everything is all right in their life while they got a brother or sister who is essentially dead from that church assembly. You, you cannot be righteous and hate your brother. Amen. You must love one another as the writer says, dear little children. We look at the text, it says, but then he, he kind of switches in, in the gear and he says, but do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. He said, that's what the world's supposed to do. They're under the auspices and control of Satan. And Satan was a hater from the very beginning. He says, don't, don't, don't get all disillusioned and don't get all crazy when you're on your job, amen, and them folk that don't know the Lord talk about you and, and go past you for promotion, amen. Sometimes even set you up for layoff, amen. Don't, don't feel bad when they talk about you crazy in the meeting and try to embarrass you. They're just doing what their master is guiding them to do. But when you need to marvel is when you and I, those who have baptized and born again, treat one another bad. When we walk past each other, when we around the establishment and act like we don't even know each other, amen, when we out there because we think the association with one another will cause us to miss something that we think we're going to get. Don't, 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 don't go there because I know I have seen this. Amen. I say, well, wait a minute. When, when such and such is around, you act like you don't know who I am. But then when uh, they're gone, you laughing and talking and we're all just like good old buddies. Amen. And we're supposed to be good Christian brothers and sisters. Now, I know y'all done seen some of this. Some of y'all been around here a while. Amen. You done seen some of this hypocritical stuff, how we do when we out in the world. Amen. We start acting real funny. Amen. Because we think, oh, well, maybe if I, you know, if I mess around and spend too much time with them, then, then they're going to look at me bad and then I won't be able to get that promotion that they promised or, or, or that, that direction I was going. You know, I, I'm trying to get ready to buy a new house. Bucking eyes and bucking lips. Amen. Trying to stay away from one another. But John said, no, there's no gray areas. Amen. No place for, oh, well, in this place you can act like this, but in this place you can't. No, it's everywhere. It's black and white. No gray areas. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's go on in our text. It says, oh, we know that we have passed from death 
to life. Because we love the brethren. Watch this, watch this. Do, do you not know when, when, when Jesus came into your heart and he gave you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit made your dead spirit alive in Christ, you passed out of death into the light. You, you, you passed out right then. You went from going on the road to hell and damnation onto the road of heaven and bliss. It happened right there. He said, don't you know that you are not the same as you used to be? Don't you know you can't act like you used to do? You can't do the things you used to do because you have been changed. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have what? Passed away. And behold, all things have what? Become new. And there's another thing about this. If God is doing the recreating here and making you a new creature, how can you go back to where you don't know where you came from? Amen. There, there's no way for you to uncreate what God has created. Amen. So we've got to live according to our new life in Christ. Anything else is death. And look at the text. Watch this. He says, because we love the brethren. Love is an essential attribute of every baptized, born again believer. Not just for the brethren that you like, but for the brethren that you're not so uh, comfortable with. It's the ones that are hard to deal with. You got to love them too. There's no qualifier here. Amen. We have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Amen. Uh, look at the text. Look at it. Look at it. Uh, he who does not love his brother abides in death. They, they make their home in death. They, they make their home in a place that at the great white throne will be cast into the second death, the lake of fire and brimstone. While the blood is running warm in our veins, we don't want to make our house, we don't want to make our dwelling place in death. We want to make sure that we love ye one another. Look at this, look at the text. Look, look, look at this. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. I said this earlier in the message, amen. Listen, you don't have to actually physically kill somebody to be a murderer in the sight of God. You can do it by the way you treat one another, the way you see one another. When you relate to one another in hate instead of in love. You are no better than the rank murderer. Because there is a killing going on in the spirit. Amen. And God is not interested in that. God is very displeased when we have strife and division amongst one another because we so-called hate one another. And sometimes we may not use the word hate. Amen. We might not say it, but actions always speak louder than words. Oh, you can do some hateful things without saying, I hate you. God's saying there's black and white. There's no gray area just because you didn't say it 
I'm still watching your actions. Amen. And God says in Jeremiah, he said, I am the Lord and I test the minds. So even if you haven't said it and it hasn't showed in your actions yet, God can see it in your mind. The Bible says that in, in Hebrews chapter 4, he talks about the, the sword of the spirit. Uh, he, said, he talks about it. He talks about how he can go between the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. There is no place that you can hide from the Lord. Doesn't matter what kind of storm shelter you have built, what kind of deep secret closet, God knows how to get there and see the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. So if you got it in your heart, you might as well tell the Lord about it and ask the Lord to clean you up because you can't hide in no way. Amen. The love imperative. Love ye one another. Look at the text. He says, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. He says, and you know if this is how you are and this is what you're doing, thinking, acting, uh, don't be thinking you're going on your way to heaven anyhow. Okay. Now ain't that what the text says? Say you got uh, some, some it, it has no uh, eternal life abiding in him. Amen. Because he doesn't love his brother. Amen. John is concerned about the church. He's not concerned about the world. He knows the world's going to hate. He said it in the text. Don't worry about that. Don't marvel. Don't scratch your head. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But what about the church? What about the dear little children? Are y'all loving one another? Up in here, up in here. Amen. Right? Well, we're looking good. Amen. But are we loving good? At the end of the day, that's what it's going to take. To make the difference that God wants to do. Jesus said himself before he left. He said. They will know that you are my disciples. By the love that you show one another. Folk ain't interested in your talk. Amen. They're really interested in your walk. They need to see some things. Amen. They need to see some proof positive that make a difference. Amen. So today, amen, I encourage us, saints of God, to never forget, even when we have been hurt, even when we have been uh, abused, even when we have felt like we've been slighted, we have got to, in the power of God, love ye one another. There is no other way except that way, and it is the loving of one another. Amen. Amen. The doors of the church are open. Tis the ship of Zion. Tis the ship of Zion. Zion, get on.
Oh 